I'm Sarge Lacuesta, and this is Esquire Philippines Lonely Hearts, where we have long conversations in your behalf with the lonely hearts, minds, and misunderstood geniuses of this world. People have made sense of themselves and the things around them during these uncertain times, and who appear on this podcast in the interest of helping all of us make sense of our own personal worlds too. You can, can just say what whatever I, you want and I then tell me. I overshare. I overshare. Shit, oversharing. This show is about you, so you can talk about whatever you want. So I want to thank you, Kate Toralba, for coming over to Lonely Hearts. Kate Toralba, you're many things. No, you're a designer. You're a musician. You're an artist. What What else do you do? You, you're You're a writer. I'm a writer, and I'm uh, now um, an aspiring filmmaker. Well, actually, it. it's it's new. It's like a pandemic-born uh, <laughs> vocation. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like it's. I never expected to be a filmmaker. I thought music, music, and uh, well, I was. I've been working on a, a one-woman musical, and I thought, you know, this is as far as I go. A one-woman musical. No? Yes. Like a, uh, is it going to be a full length musical, like a three act musical? Yes. Wow, really? Yes, yes. And it's just you. And of course, everything. And a piano. I know your songs, you and a piano. And um, mm-hmm. of yes. course, this takes me back to a, a, a musician that I really look up to and I idolize that I know you also sort of like Tori, Tori Amos. Are you a Tori fan too? I am a huge Tori Amos fan. Like, oh, oh my God! I'm a the, huge Tori Amos fan. She's like, that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, that's she's the reason why I started writing my own music, um, because I was a, I was a, I was a classical pianist as a child. Like literally, I was like this kid. You, like you trained uh, classical piano. Yeah. Yes, and mm-hmm. I, I, um, I was just this freaky little kid. Yeah, so I played my first concert. Uh, at nine, I was sent to the U.S. and I, I played in a show for like, like featuring Filipino prodigies. And I, yeah, that was my first concert in life. In uh, what was your piece? Oh, I played a whole bunch, but um, uh, mostly Chopin because mm-hmm. I I don't know. Even as a kid, I was emo. I mean, I there's just I was it just resonated with me like how sentimental and romantic. You know, uh, Chopin's music. Was, no, Chopin uh, is really like it's also a classical sort of student. Yes. <laughs> you were so you were a prodigy. I mean, and then you you turned to pop, or you what? What is well, your journey? Well, what happened? Basically, I <laughs> I learned to play the piano at uh, four because my whole family was taking piano lessons sure. uh, at home every Saturday. I lived with my grandparents, and. Um, mm-hmm. In yeah, City. basically, I, yeah, in Cebu City, and then I, I wasn't allowed to study it because I was four, and then supposedly one day I just went up to the piano and and played, and I learned it by ear. Apparently, mm. it was Moon River, and then, um, <laughs> but I, I really started um, piano lessons at seven, and then the our headmistress at the school, um, she's a classical pianist, and uh, she. 
Well, she just kind of basically said, oh, I'm going to, to be your piano professor. And then, then yeah, I just, I just learned very, very quickly. You were, you were offered a music scholarship in the U.S.? Yes. And, um, but yeah, I mean, my, I, I mean, my, my overprotective grandparents were like, you're, you're still a baby. You can't be away. Mm. And mm. I was, uh, I was my grandfather's, uh, favorite. So, you know, so I wasn't allowed to go. And then of course I, I continued my, my, my piano training, but I started to discover other kinds of music, you know, like new wave and <laughs> are you like really? Did you, did you like? Yeah, also. Um, yeah, because I had a, um, I have a, I have a manoy and an older you know, brother. I, you know, you know, it's always like yeah. when, a, when when a young person says, "I like new wave music," mm-hmm. or even grunge. Mm-hmm. I'm, 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 you know, I'm always asking like, "San ang galing yan?" Oh, yeah, manoy, my manoy. Okay. And then um, but like I had a best friend in grade school. Mm-hmm. Her name, her name's. Her name's uh, Kathleen, mm-hmm. and uh, she was just so cool. And and she collected, you know, cassette tapes. And we would, you know, she got me into like pop music and. and so what is your new wave favorite? Oh, uh, I'm a new wave guy, of course. The I grew Cure. Up. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> really? Yeah, but, but um, my God, I, I had it's hard to pick favorites, but um, but I I I actually attended the. Uh, special uh, concert of the Cure in LA, uh, where they played their all their songs from oh, the first God. five albums. Can I just say that a Cure concert is always like a complete experience. <laughs> yeah. Like they'll play for four hours. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and Robert Smith is really a god. He's a classic, amazing. He's amazing. a classically trained uh, guitarist. So mm. you understand why new wave music is like there's some there's a corner of new wave music that is kind of Okay, we've got the basic chords. We've got the basic mm-hmm. chords. Like, and the no, three chords that keep no, going back. The three chords that are going back. Yeah. The basic emotions. Mm-hmm. It's really just the attitude and the nostalgia that keeps us going back to it. I'm speaking very objectively as a lover of music myself. Lover right? of music. Lover of music. Lover of music, right? But grunge, you just spoke about grunge. But grunge, well, because I had a big crush on Kurt Cobain. And um, I just thought it was fabulous. I was Kate Cobain in high school, actually. That's so cool. And then, um, but you, I remember- you, so you, why weren't you Kate Vedder? Because no, I-, I was, I was okay. more, more, more. I mean, of course, I love Pearl Jam too. I have a, co- I, I do a cover of um, Jeremy that people are kind of. They're kind of nuts about it. I like a know. like a piano cover of it. Yeah, I, okay. I, I mean, the, the people love it. But then I'm more of a Nirvana fan, and uh, yeah, like in my high school high school yearbook, Kate Cobain. But what really was like, what really really just blew my mind was you know back to Miss Tori. Sure. Um, yeah, the Under the Pink album just just blew my mind, and I was like, "Whoa!" Because I, I at that time I, w- I already kind of quit my piano to mm-hmm. my mother's dismay. Now, what what, she... what time was it? Did uh, wait Under the Pink came out in the late nineties or the early two thousands? Am I correct? If I'm not... I was, um, I remember getting the CD in the states. Um, yeah, late nineties, right? Uh uh-uh. and yeah, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful, beautiful album. album. Like it just blew me away. Like parang from the first track, palang yung pretty good year. I was like, oh, and then I it can, ends I with can play uh, the piano again. Absolutely, and it ends. I can with, play the piano again. So, is that what yeah. turned you on again? Like 
switch that switch on. Yeah. Like I, I went, I literally like after listening to that album, I went back to the piano and and then it ends with yes, Anastasia, right? Oh, grave. beautiful, grave that album for me. Multi movement. Wow, that album. Like I'm getting goosebumps. Like it's not me too. And it. then, whoa. So what's whoa. also interesting is that we both share the same entry into Tori Amos's world. And, oh really? Uh, yeah, you under the, the little, pink. Yes, exactly. I'm yeah, under the pink. That that's that was it for me. And then I just I just realized that like hey the piano is actually cool because of course you know my experience with the piano was like oh I'm fucking sick of this <laughs> like oh my god did you, get, the did you really get sick of it did you get sick of it I I mean you know if you rehearse like three four hours a day you of course you yeah. get sick of it and you know I didn't have recess I mean I'm not I know I didn't have lunch breaks because. I had piano lessons. Mm. Like I remember, which means that you had you had achieved a really high level of piano. Um, I mean, if you practice three four hours a day, then you gotta be. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, I, I've achieved a high level of of napping and of uh, <laughs> Netflix. My Netflix level, talagang deep, no. Oh, so, you uh, <laughs> No, no, but seriously, <laughs> seriously, going back, you encountered Tori Amos under the pink. Under the pink, and then I, I just said, okay, I'm gonna write my own stuff. What and were you doing at the time? Started, uh, I was writing all the stuff for like the high school shows. Um, I studied in Saint Teresa's in Cebu, okay. and then yeah. um, okay, and then and then I eventually, well, I had a bunch of bands in high school, but there was a particular band that that kind of became popular in our hometown. Um, so I I. But um, I remember buying um, No Doubt's Tragic Kingdom and Alanis Morissette's <laughs> Jagged Little Pill. Okay. Like, well, because well, I, I would, I would spend, I would spend every summer in the states to visit my auntie mm. there, mm. and then you know I just buy these CDs, and then that was like, oh my god, I'm gonna start a band. So I had a band called Hard Candy, which is funny that we we were like you know they were talking about this because. What Hard kind of candy. band was Hard Candy? Because this is such a this is such a Tori Amos journey. Yeah, I don't know if you remember that Tori Amos had a previous band called Why Can't Tori Read? Can't Tori Read? Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah, of yeah. course. So what was Hard Candy about? No, but Hard Candy because I love the name, by the way. I love the I mean, you know, like I mean, like I I chose that name before Madonna released her Hard Candy album. I just. Yeah, um, but like there were guys in the band, so you know, of course, you, you gotta compromise, right? It wasn't all the stuff that I wanted to play, but you know, the the boys were into like Tears for Fears and Sting, and mm. and I was kind of into. Well, we didn't really play Tori Amos because we were a crowd pleaser band. You know, we would play sure. at high school parties and sure. and and the yeah. bo- local bars, yeah. and. Um, so we played kind of like pop alternative stuff, and mm. then we joined um, we joined a bunch of like music competitions. So there was a band competition, uh, Channel V band competition, which oh we won. Really? We won, and that's why I met Joey Mead. I mean, I was a college student, and then there was this big, big um, band competition in the region, uh, San Miguel Music Awards. Uh-huh. And um, there was such a great time <laughs> because um, I think there were fourteen bands, like fourteen mm-hmm. finalists, and then you know mm-hmm. everybody made a single. We rec- it was my first time to record my music in a mm-hmm. studio, mm-hmm. and uh, it was very very competitive. And like, can you imagine? My competitors were um, you know Frank um, Franco Reyes, uh, yes. mm-hmm. rock band. He's a rock star now. 
Um, and then there's this uh, girl who's very popular in, in uh, Cebu. Well, no, uh, the wrong pronoun. It, 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 she's a he now. Um, sure. Katsuki. And then... Um, uh, and it was just a big deal. And then... <laughs> We won the competition. And you, and you got a, like, did you get a, a an album deal out of that? We we got an album deal and a recording contract, but um, we were about to record just the second track for the for for the album, and then I got a job offer from Senator Lauren Legarda. <laughs> so random. Wow. Um, this is like this I'm is like the first. So fucking random. Yeah, so random. This is like the yeah. first quarter of your life. I met her at a youth forum in Cebu, and I just okay. really wanted her to sign my, my copy of Mega Magazine with her okay. on the cover and her pashmina, and <laughs> you know, like just she's beautiful. Like, yeah. and then she she's just like, oh, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I just graduated from UP. Oh, UP, I went to UP too. And then next thing I know, I get a job offer to be a research assistant in in her office in the Senate, and I was just like, I was I was engaged then. And I wasn't really sure how to get oh, really? out of it. We're, we're gonna get yeah. back to that. <laughs> so, so many sorry, like I had so many stories. <laughs> but but yeah, I was engaged then. Yeah, you, you were engaged I, at twenty five years old. But no, no, twenty one. I was twenty one. You were engaged at twenty one years yeah. old. Yeah. And then um, I was like, oh my gosh. Um, well, yay! I, because I started fantasizing about having a life that was bigger than being barefoot and pregnant in Cebu, you know, so I, 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 yeah, I mean, I knew nothing about politics, right? I'm just like, fuck yeah, I'm gonna, <laughs> all right, I'm gonna go to the big city. And um, so that was my ticket. And you, and you, Cebu. and you cut, cut the engagement? You cut the engagement? Not right away, because, mm. you know, he was such a, he was such a sweet guy. I, I had a hard I know, time. I, I, you know what? He, Whenever yeah. somebody tells me he was such a sweet guy, like, I know. Like, yeah. I know, but like the the the, but, the 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 unspoken part of that is, you know, but he wasn't enough. Well, <laughs> you know, um, if I had met him like in my thirties, and there's and, no absolutely no need to explain. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Just say he was a sweet guy. He, this he is why I never want to be called a sweet guy. <laughs> Uh, so, like, no, but, but yeah, and, and, and for some reason, all my exes kind of found their partners after me. It's like I'm like the good luck Chuck of the Philippines. <laughs> That's like, so. Are you? Are you, are, you a high yeah. are you a high maintenance woman? You know, I used to be embarrassed uh, to, to even claim that. But you know what? Yeah, I am. <laughs> because maybe emotionally high maintenance. I mean, I'm... I'm needy and I, I'm celosa. I'm like, just, you know, I need a lot of attention and care <laughs> because, <laughs> because I like to think that I am so worth it. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm we're the same. I, I, I'm absolutely a jealous guy. I'm a very jealous guy. <laughs> I, I also take a lot of maintenance meds. So I guess I'm a high maintenance guy. <laughs> no, but seriously, <laughs> going back. And I, I, I remember you mentioning to me that are you deciding not to get married? You know what? It's so crazy when you when you mentioned that. Hey, I never I never imagined you to be the marrying type. It just kind of like <gasps> there was just this big aha moment. Like, wait, wait, what? I mean, I don't have to be the marrying 
all my life. I've been chasing after this, like you know. Really? Mary, oh yeah, because I, that's how I. That's well, it's ironic I, because you you raised. make you you used to make wedding gowns. Yes. And 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 I'm I'm so excited about weddings and everything. Like I'm always the wedding uh, wedding gown designer or the mm-hmm. wedding singer or both or the bridesmaid or like I'm always I'm always the matchmaker. I have 14 marriages to my name. It will wow. be going on 15. 15 wow. nata. Because I'm a matchmaker. Because I'm a, I'm a romantic. You know I, I love love the. Okay, so let's let's talk about you like. Realizing <laughs> that you're not, you might not be the marrying kind. <gasps> I'm not gonna ask you your age. Feel free to, feel free yes, to volunteer I'm, that. I'm anti-ageism, you know. So yeah, I am. So am I. No, my, but my yeah. approach, my approach to anti-ageism is to tell people my age, and they're often surprised <laughs> by my age. But what I'm saying is, um, n- not being the marrying kind. Oh God, maybe I'm not because I've been engaged three times now. <laughs> So. I'm sorry, I suppose all very sweet guys. I suppose the, the three of the sweetest guys you've known. Because I've always, I mean, even as a little girl, I was always mm-hmm. programmed by my mom to. Mm-hmm. Because my parents separated when I was four, and okay. you know, so I was raised by a single mom, and, and and she would always, always just tell me, "You better find the right guy, get married, you know, find somebody." But she did to take expose care you. Of you. To... I mean, she took you to the U.S. and and you were exposed. Uh, you you strike me as a very international person, a very global person with a global perspective. Right? I am. I, yes, I, you know, I like, am. I, I never know where you are. Like, literally. <laughs> yeah. I, I never know where you're texting me from, so I don't know what time zone you're in. I wake up in the morning and I've got a bunch of messages from you. Messages from me. Uh, yeah, I know. So my, so so like, but it's very also very Filipina, no. I have a friend who like told me like you know every Filipina secretly wants to get married, and I felt sort of okay. You you can say that because you're a woman. I'm not yeah, gonna go yeah. into that, right? Yeah. Um. I I wonder if I mean that's kind of a that's kind of a sad thing to say, you know. It is because I was like I'm not a sweet Sarge, guy. I'm maybe not a sweet Sarge guy. Maybe Sarge is right. Maybe Sarge is right because why? If I had so many opportunities. To, to settle down and I just kind of like uh, like when it's already there it's kind of like oh my god is this going to be the last person that I'm ever going <laughs> to like I start to get claustrophobic and then I start to panic really? Really? <laughs> and I'm like so you're the kind of person who's jealous but at some point gets sick of your partner <laughs> I just want to I just want to like, I think there's also the idea of having to live with a person yeah I yeah, mean, yeah, sort of yeah. deciding that you're gonna be with this person forever. I'm not even gonna say forever, but like until you literally are sick of that person. <laughs> you know, I, I think about that. Like, and maybe because my mom always kind of drilled that into my mind that like you have to uh-huh. marry the right one. You know, he has uh-huh. to be this yeah. and that and perfect and whatever. And you know what? It's funny that it. I guess it's in the way that I was raised. Um, I, I felt like I wasn't allowed to make mistakes. And so, therefore, picking a partner, my God, I cannot choose the wrong partner. Like, I can't. And, and, and I, I remember just feeling as a child, like, you know, just kind of seeing the impact of, you know, my parents' separation and, and, sure. and, and feeling a bit, at the time, you 
No, it wasn't the norm. Like, and yeah, and yet you got engaged gonna... at twenty-one. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but like, <laughs> I can't help it. I'm a lovable person. <laughs> Are you alone now? Um, right now I'm I'm visiting family right now, so I'm okay. not alone right now, and okay. and I feel like <gasps> so many people. What's yeah, cabin fever. <laughs> cabin, oh cabin my god! Fever. Yeah, <clears throat> and I can't wait to be. You know, I can't wait to 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 be alone again. Are you able, <laughs> Are you able to create while you're alone? Are you able to to? Oh yeah, so like I I just love it, and I I I do I. I have a short attention span, so I'm like hopping from one creative project to another, mm-hmm. and like, mm-hmm. like I was completely alone for like almost a year, you know, mm-hmm. just kind of waiting out this whole pandemic thing, and then I was just like, maybe I need to see people, maybe, and and, <laughs> and uh, you know, like I had relatives who were getting sick, I'm like maybe I need to see family now, mm-hmm. so so you get present to your mortality, and like mm-hmm. you also get present to the possibility that maybe the world is ending, so maybe <laughs> I think I'd like to think that the yeah. Talking about the pandemic and and you know this is the reason why there's so many mm. podcasts now, right? Because people mm. are, feel lonely or they're they're, they're alone. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think a bit of the world is ending. A side of the world is ending. I really think so. I think so. Uh, I, I mean, I, I'm I brave think enough so. to see that. That uh, I think people who think that they, we can go back to whatever there was no, 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 are kind of kidding no. themselves or fooling themselves. I like no, 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 it's never gonna be back. No. I mean, it's not <laughs> a matter more. of herd immunity or everybody becomes. Nah, no, no, it will never be the same. And so, either it's a great time to create something, or it's a great time to think about how we've changed. No. Yeah. Yep. And, and I then that's, that's you know that and that's why like Sarge like I'm like, do I want to die alone? I think about that. <laughs> it's like I kind of don't want to die alone. I mean, I'd like to have a partner, mm-hmm. and then and I've, I've always. But I also I'm, like to think that you're always you're like. It's easy for I mean it's not difficult for you to find a partner or to be with a partner, right? You know what? That's completely. I mean, I mean like I have a friend who's like, "Oh, you must have a whole line of suitors." I'm like, "No, <laughs> there are none. <laughs> where are they?" Well, and this is where <laughs> this is where I I I, I want to talk to you about how how you're perceived. I know you have a huge following, but I also know you're kind of from left field. What I mean by that is that You've always had this sort of independent like spirit, right? Yeah. You're a musician, you play your music, but you're definitely not in the mainstream. Yeah, I I do I never really felt like I mean when people ask me what kind of music do you do mm. you play? It's I don't know how to I don't even know how to categorize myself. You're writing a an entire one woman musical. Oh yeah. What I'm, is it? What is that about? So, what so is many, this? Yeah. So many projects going. Uh, well, this is like a super slow burn project. Mm-hmm. Um, I I I went to um, Elements National Songwriting Camp sure. in 2010. Yeah. I mean, Ryan Kayabiab is Ryan. my music mentor, mm-hmm. and um, the first time he heard me play, he was like, "Oh my God, you should do a musical," and I'm like. Ryan Kayabiab's telling me I should do a musical. Maybe I should. And so, you know, the, the, there was the, the seed of the idea then. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I moved to the UK. And then, you know, like my life just started to un- unfold in a most interesting way that I was like, you know, I'd like to tell the story of these particular years of my life. Um, mm-hmm. Very interesting, you know, like, like ending my fashion career and then mm-hmm. just trying to 
trying to make it as a musician and then you know mm -hmm. having your big aspirations to oh i want to make it as a musician in london and and it's such an interesting time of of my life oh my gosh amazing like every night there's just something amazing going on every day like and, mm -hmm. and you know the museums and the, the, the just just such a just an abundance of arts and culture and i i really loved it there but just so fucking expensive like it's, it's like oh my god like oh how do i make ends meet like very very <laughs> challenging but um my god almost five years there mm -hmm. actually so where are you headed yeah. now and like what do you see? I, honestly, do you know what's really funny? I I started taking um I started studying uh script writing, film writing uh, mm -hmm. with uh, Ricky Lee. Yep, you took uh, the workshop. Mm -hmm. I took the workshop and then I continued to study with him. And you know, he's still my mentor. I mean, like mm -hmm. you show him my work, you know, like the stuff that I've been developing. Uh -huh. Um, he's a very then, generous uh, uh, mentor. Also, you just shared your film with me, and it's. It, it's 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 very raw. It's very touching. You know, it's very raw and emotional. Thank I'd you. like to say. Oh my god, am I a filmmaker now? Because that's really the first short film I've ever made, and I showed it to you. No, absolutely. Oh my god. Thank you, thank you, and thank you, thank you oh. for showing me. And um, and this is a part of a creative journey of every of every artist, right? Mm -hmm. Every raw talent, I should say, where they start out having a lot of talents under their. They have a lot of perceptive talents and a lot of. Uh, practical talents. I'd like to say, for example, your ability to listen to music and play it on the piano is a practical talent. We do, no? Mm -hmm. um, where do you plan to take it? You know what? I was telling a friend about this the other day and I, I thought, you know, I always kind of, I would get frustrated because I, I, I'm, I'm pretty hard on myself, you know? I, I, mm -hmm. I, what do you I, mean by pretty hard? How hard are you I on am, yourself? Yeah. I I really want to make excellent work, and uh -huh. I also want to. I mean, now because like, I'm changing, and like yeah, this pandemic has has, has changed me mm -hmm. a lot. Um, and w well, before the pandemic, I I had this opportunity to to record my second album with a producer that I really really like mm -hmm. in Berlin, mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, this is going to be my break. You know, I was still in the whole. Um, a realm of I want to succeed to m have a break in the music business, mm, and I'd been sure. trying, you know, for for a while, and it it, it just sure. hasn't re it's just hasn't really clicked. I mean, yeah, I have a I I, I have a, a I think it, you know like a small following, I mean, the, the very niche. But, uh, but I, I want to say that I want to say that it takes great courage, great honesty, and 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 great uh, integrity to say that to oh. admit that what you're admitting now. Thank you. No, and 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 I want to say also that it's part of the artist's journey. So please do continue. Yes. So now that you, you, yeah, go ahead. Um. So I wanted to have a sure. have that break, mm -hmm. and then the pandemic hit, and and then you know taking my classes with Ricky and and Ryan and and just kind of getting reacquainted with mm -hmm. the artists in the community, and of course you know I I, I also started this um, transcontinental initiative um, mm -hmm. for artists called pandemic pop-up yeah and um so the whole objective of, of the, that initiative is to just you know bring artists together you know like mm -hmm. have conversations share each other's work help you know basically it's uplift um i think it's a great in, initiative in and thank and you it acknowledges also the sort of importance of community uh, 
unity and of, of course the importance of art during yes, pandemic time. Exactly. Because it's 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 I mean, that's how we are surviving. You know? I've always like, mentioned that it's a great uh, mental health time bomb. It, it yes, yes. This is really a, a very interesting and very sort of for me, it's a te- teaching teachable moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, because a lot of people are so gung ho or so conscious about their productivity during mm-hmm. the pandemic. Yeah. In yeah. their mind, they've got mm-hmm. to keep, you know, be a yeah. business as usual. Yeah. You know, they've got to keep yeah. their minds and their lives and yeah. their ambitions mm-hmm. and their goals mm-hmm. are still there because it's the, yeah. ch- the challenge of the pandemic is that it shakes you sort yeah. of from that path. And mm-hmm. what you just mentioned is that. No, you just followed the path of the pandemic affecting you, affecting mm-hmm. your ambitions in a way. Yeah. yeah. You, making you realize that, you know what, I'm going to pour not, a little bit. That, it's not that important. I think what's more important for me is like, you know, the relationships I, I have with, with the, my creative friends and mm-hmm. my loved ones. And, mm-hmm. and um, I'm starting to enjoy creating again you know not without the pressure of well this has to be a hit uh, I, 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 I understand itself. like the difference between creating and achieving yes right? yes exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly and i i now and i think it's just marvelous that i i, I mean i i signed up for that ricky lee workshop on a whim <laughs> mm-hmm. you know just mm-hmm. like oh, i'll just apply and it's like, by the oh, way ricky lee is one of those people that we have to mention like first name last name right you yes. never say just ricky no, no. It's yeah, it's like Ricky Lee. Ricky Lee. <laughs> yeah, I know. But he, he's been very encouraging. And so, like, uh, you know, it's just like one thing just started to, like, I mean, yeah, one thing after another just started happening. It's, and I'm, I love, if, if there's anything about me, it's like, I just kind of, I guess I'm a winger and I, you know, sure. my life unfolds very organically. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a Capricorn, but I'm not a planner. And, and I, I like the way you said it. I like the way you said it. You're a winger. No? I'm a winger. No, yeah. you, you, like you like to wing it. Just to explain, right? yeah, you like to like, wing it, right? Yeah, like okay, let's go there. Like okay, but I like to think that people who who are <laughs> confident about winging it or who consider themselves winger know that they they have something. No, uh, maybe I'm just curious. I'm just sure. like, and I'm sure. just like a naturally inquisitive person. Sure. I'll be like, uh, you, I want to find out. You know, am, mm-hmm. am I going to suck at this or am I going to be... Anyway, so I, I'm studying with um, Jose Javier Reyes mm. and um, and that's what I made the, the film for. Like this, mm-hmm. this class. Oh, this really? Class, yeah, yeah, film directing class. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and now I just, I realize, I'm like, wait a minute. Maybe this is why my music career didn't really take off because I'm not just a musician. I'm so many things and film is a perfect medium to kind of marry all of these elements elements. these bits and pieces of me like because i I do fashion and i you know i i i i I design i am an art director Mm i i'm a writer and i'm also i've always produced my own creative work so i'm a Mm -hmm. producer as well Mm -hmm. and um and then i just i never thought i i could um I never really aspired to be a film director. I knew that I would probably write scripts or, you know, help produce films. Mm-hmm. But then this opportunity came and said, oh, you know, try, try, you know, just try this out, you know, apply for this. And then you were like only 15 students selected wow. for this special course. And I'm the only non 
non-filmmaker, non-theater person. Yeah, and, and, and the way you say it, the way you frame it, you're the only non-filmmaker or the, the only non-film person there. Yeah. It really also illustrates the situation here, right? Where there are sort of very closed, not closed, but gated, shall we say, communities of yes. artists in different arts. Yes. Or even different genres. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. No? Yeah, and, exactly. And, that, and when somebody like you sort of puts your foot in different genres, steps mm -hmm. into different areas. Probably like, oh, what a dilettante this woman is. Exactly. She's trying. And Let's I'm talk just... about that. Let's talk about that. Because, <laughs> um, you know, and, and that's a, well, well, it's funny because I find it a bit sexist, right? Mm -hmm. Because when a woman does a lot of things, she's a dilettante. Yes. But when a guy does a lot of things, he's a renaissance man. <laughs> no? Well, and, and that's... We, we still live in a world that, that makes those distinctions. I, uh, yeah, I understand that. And, and, <laughs> but, but uh, you know, and, and kudos to you, no? For saying, first of all, for saying you're a dilettante, therefore, you know, dignifying that term and raising it, elevating it, vating it to the level of being a Renaissance person. And also, secondly, for not feeling any pressure. I don't because I have zero expectations, but maybe pressure. <laughs> the only, like the one way. Yeah. How, do you, how do you stop yourself if you have zero expectations? I love <laughs> yes. it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like zero. No, because it's like, I mean, like may, maybe with my music, I'll be like, oh my God, I got to do something good because uh -huh. people know I've been a musician all my sure. life. But, you know, I have a beginner's mind in this in you. Um, Did you learn this somewhere? Oh. This beginner's mind? I, I like this term and... I've heard this term a couple of times, but... Um, beginner's mind, maybe... Uh, oh, because I do transcendental meditation mm -hmm. twice a day. Um, really? I, med I meditate with this... I studied at uh, the mm -hmm. David Lynch Foundation, mm -hmm. um, TM. Uh, transcendental I know, yeah, I know. And, yeah, yeah. yes... I, 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 I nap twice a day, so that's my, like, TM. Yeah, yeah. great. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Th thank you so much. <laughs> Whatever works for you. Yeah, thank go you. for thank it. Thank you so much, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, a renaissance man at, at napping, like different kinds of naps. <laughs> I love but, naps, too. But I love seriously. Um, so I, um, the guy who has the foundation, Bob uh -huh. Roth, like we, we have like a little, um, like a Zoom group. Sure. So twice a, twice, a, twice a day we meditate together. And before we meditate uh, for 20 minutes, we have like a little talk. Mm -hmm. about you know it's just, just really you know like geeky stuff like mm -hmm. neuroscience and philosophy and mm -hmm. it's so great i love it so much. so so bob roth uses the term beginner's mind um to when he starts the the meditation mm -hmm. because uh, some people think meditation is so hard like i can't focus i can't do it because you have this pressure to get it right but mm -hmm. when when you have the beginner's mind there's no pressure. You're just, you know, you have no but, expectations and you relax. And so that's why I, I guess like, yeah, that's my analogy for... But I love it that you applied it to... Yeah. You've been applying it to your life. Yes, like, yes. Yeah. And and I'm not ashamed to be a beginner because, my God, that's the best place to be. It's the most exciting time in like in, in a creative journey mm -hmm. because you don't know what the fuck you're doing. It's like, what the hell am I doing? But it's fun and it's like mm -hmm. you're not ashamed to make a to look stupid or foolish because no yeah you're clearly a beginner like, that is such a great lesson and that is such mm -hmm. a great thing to to to, to learn i never mm -hmm. i didn't expect for example that we would be mentioning that and that we'd be talking about having a beginner's mind and that i think that's a very fresh perspective 
Especially yes. during the pandemic. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody's got to be. I mean, we're all beginners at this, right? Nobody. We're all knows. beginners at being yeah. ourselves here, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, and yeah. as an as an artist, I should say also as a dilettante, <laughs> your word, not mine. <laughs> no, but seriously, having a beginner's mind is something that affords you a kind of different point of view. But yes. it also presents a lot of challenges when it comes to entering communities mm-hmm. or, or entering, for example, in, in music. Like you walk into a gig or you walk into a lineup, mm-hmm. people are going to ask, like, where are you from? Like, are you completely in music? And you tell them that you're all over and you do a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. You know, it takes a lot of courage to have a beginner's mind, right? I guess so. And shamelessness. <laughs> Because people, I'd like, like to think good. that courage is like a, a <laughs> another word for for being shameless. You know? Yeah, well, I'm super shameless. I I recently shared on social media that I I I got an invite to Herbie Hancock's house, and um, wow, I played. Wow. I didn't just play the piano for him. I played with him. We played four hands. Jesus. And ma- and Malik was like, you're so shameless. Like, I would be embarrassed. I just want to know how, how you got an invite to Herbie Hancock's house. Oh my God. And I, I want to tell you that I'm like one of those like late Herbie Hancock fans, right? That's okay. Like, me, I mean, me too. Me too. I, uh, I entered his world through Rocket. Can you imagine? Dun, dun, dun. And, yeah, and not yeah. through his jazz, right? Yeah, yeah, I, but same here, same here, same here, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's okay if you discover an artist like late in the game or late sure. to the party. That's fine, but mm-hmm. but it's so amazing to, to just get acquainted with, with brilliant musicians. And So how was your forehands playing? I was awful. Oh, my gosh, there's like a video of it. It's, oh, my gosh, I, I'm just like, oh, because I'm not a... Mm-hmm. I can play jazz, but I am not a jazz pianist and so yeah i'm just yeah winger because again mm-hmm. beginner's mind and also i'm just like a little fangirl you know i think mm-hmm. before before i am a musician or a designer mm-hmm. i'm a fan girl i'm just a big fan that's a lovely of, thing to say of no it, it, and it, who are you a fan girl of right now well, they're kind of dead, these people. That's fine. Cause... <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, you know what? I just watched a scenes from a marriage, and it just blew my mind. Like, I, just, mm-hmm. I, was, I was so upset. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, Ingmar Bergman. Bergman, yeah. Goodness. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the, yeah. just the very, very long takes just mm-hmm. like oh my god it, it just mm-hmm. blew my mind and mm-hmm. and just how he captured the mm-hmm. complexity mm-hmm. of the relationship of a husband and wife mm-hmm. going through what mm-hmm. they went through mm-hmm. i was gutted i was like oh, i mm-hmm. want to make films like this mm-hmm. I, and um yeah i mean wow mm-hmm. just phenomenal and and i just thought I, yeah, I want to make my own films. That that was the movie that made me want to make my own film. Mm-hmm. But I fell in love with uh, Victor Erice, the Spanish yes. filmmaker. Yes. Oh my gosh! Oh. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Erice is the uh, spirit of the beehive. And, and so I I realized the amazing power of of cinema. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just 
mm-hmm. so powerful to just kind of move you and like make you just stop and think after watching the film like oh my god what have i been doing with my life or how is my relationship with 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 my father mm-hmm. with with um you know my my former lover well, how mm-hmm. my, and 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 that i mean yeah i'm definitely a, a late bloomer in many ways and i yeah i am a late bloomer in cinema and i i feel like oh my god there's so many films i want to watch there's so many and i want i'm so hungry to learn so uh my friends joke that i'm a workshop addict because i'm trying to attend every damn workshop and <laughs> master class that i can because i feel like i want to catch up and but what's beautiful about filmmaking is that filmmakers never feel the pressure to make films i mean There are filmmakers who started very old. So and I want to say this because and this is connected to what you said about the uh, beginner's mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you just talked about being a late, you know, being a late bloomer or being a late entrant into the film mm-hmm. uh, into cinema. Mm-hmm. Um and there's always something to be discovered when it comes here when it comes to being an artist. And I think this is a point where we start asking ourselves uh, am I too late? Mm-hmm. In the game? Mm-hmm. You know, am mm-hmm. I too old here? Having a beginner's mind and reminding yourself that you know there's there's no such thing as you know coming in too late, no being a late bloomer, no. And I, yeah. I think um, it, it, it's beautiful what you said about the pandemic teaching you a sort of patience and sort of reminding you to sort of step back and look yeah. at what's happening. Yeah, and I I mean. Mirza Sison, our common friend. Sure. Um, she <laughs> at the beginning, of the first three months of the pandemic, because I was also trying to cope with having to stay put, mm-hmm. stay in one place, mm-hmm. and and just I'm like, oh my god, what am I gonna do? So I was going crazy. I was like studying Spanish and then doing this the workshop <laughs> and then studying how to cook and then like I was just cramming my schedule with like everything. Like I need to enrich myself because yeah. It, it, At that time, I was like, maybe in six months this will be over, and then six months later, like, no, this is not going to be over soon. And now I'm kind of finally in this, in a good place, like mm-hmm. mentally and emotionally, and be like, you know what? I'm just going to enjoy myself, and I'm not going to have like, I'm not going to pack my s- schedule the way that I did, mm-hmm. like, you know, for the first year, in which. Um, I got I was so crazy. I was doing like almost like an Instagram live a day on the pop up, and now I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna be gentler with myself, and I'm gonna allow myself to rest. I'm gonna allow myself to just take my time in working on my projects, and enjoy it, enjoy the process, and not be such a crazy Capricorn about it. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, relax, girl. And so now I've I'm I'm just I'm I'm enjoying a more leisurely pace, you know, at living and and still being productive. You know, I I'm like now I, I'm like okay now I actually have time to watch a film a day, because mm-hmm. I am not cramming my schedule with too many things. And you know, um, my non-negotiables though are my meditation. I have to do meditation twice a day, and exercise. Mm-hmm. So I do a bar and mm-hmm. Pilates. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. just just at home with my little yoga mat. It's weird mm-hmm. that this podcast is going to end with this point of you <laughs> teaching people how to enjoy their life. You know, having a beginner's mind, mm-hmm. not sort of pushing yourself to do everything at the same time and sort of accepting yourself. Yeah. I think 
is a great moment, you know, in our lives to accept ourselves. Um, yeah. Not only are we accepting, it, it, it's tough enough to accept the world outside us. Yeah. You know, and, and all the different um, injustices, all the different yes. absurdities that are imposed upon us. A lot of That's tough. And very few people see the way out is sometimes through your, through ourselves. Yeah. You mentioned it yourself that uh, yep. uh, accepting yourself was yeah. one of your realizations. It, it took a fucking pandemic. <laughs> it took a fucking pandemic. And I think it's taking a fucking pandemic to make humankind accept itself. You that know? That's right. That is right. And uh, I want to thank you for that. Oh. And uh, I remember having a conversation on Facebook about somebody saying, you know, artists and creatives are always seen, are often seen as people who have no practical sort of application in the world. <laughs> but then I realized that also when you think about art, when you have a mind that's sort of oriented toward art, such mm -hmm. as yours, or toward creativity, it's a mind that always seeks solutions. You know? Yes. It's a mind that always seeks resolutions as well. It's a constant troubleshoot being an artist. And you know what? It's funny. I don't even... I don't even call myself an artist because of that whole like sure. oh my god I have to go to art school to be an artist. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah sure. And, 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 and I, yeah, I do music and I do film and I'm like you're an artist. No, 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 but I do. The, and you know what? Now I'm going to own it. I, I am an artist. I am an artist. So in your podcast, yes, you are. You are absolutely an artist, and I, I, I am publicly declaring that I am an artist. <laughs> yeah, it, it's this crazy moment in the world. Wherein, like, I've just, you know, we've all been forced to just pause and, yeah, look, look at ourselves honestly and, and you know, just be like, hey, what are you going to do with the rest of your life? And, and this is when I do, what I want to do for the rest of my life. I, I, I want to be an artist and I am one. So. Thank you so much for your declaration, <laughs> Katie, because it really gives a lot of hope to people out there who are artists and who have a lot of trepidation about declaring themselves artists. Also, it gives people who are not so inclined toward the arts to realize that having a beginner's mind is so important. And having to take a pause and taking advantage of the pandemic to take a pause and to look at their own selves and to stop having an itinerant soul or an <laughs> itinerant sort of ego, yes. to sort of go back into themselves. And I want to thank you for that. I didn't expect this to happen, but it's happened. <laughs> well, expect the unexpected when you're talking to me. <laughs> Just go off tangent so many times, and and here we are, you know, in a roundabout way. We got here, and um, it's been such a pleasure talking to you, Sarge. My gosh, it's like felt like don't want to stop talking. <laughs> we shouldn't stop talking, okay? The Lonely Hearts Podcast is brought to you by Esquire Philippines in partnership with Podcast Network Asia. For more info on their shows in the network, visit podcastnetwork.asia Also powered by Podmetrics The only analytics you'll ever need for your podcast Sign up now for free at podmetrics.co The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. <laughs>